This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 504. Thanks for joining me once again. Great to have your company on the show. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, what we can expect to see at the upcoming Worldwide Developers Conference. Australians have spent almost $4 billion on video games and consoles in 2021, and Rode has unveiled its latest, Rodecaster Pro 2, all-in-one audio solution for content creators. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the LG range of home cinema projectors. Motorola has launched its range of smartphones to suit all budgets, and Logitech has released its new lineup of mechanical keyboards. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, of course, the company that keeps you protected. Kicking off early next week will be Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. It will be virtual once again, so they won't have a live event, although they are hosting some developers and other people at Apple Park for a virtual viewing party, if you like. But the event itself, there won't be any developers in a big auditorium. It's still going to be a virtual. The third year in a row, it's been a virtual event. It'll still be a pretty slick uh, unveiling of all the new operating systems and possibly some hardware we may see. It kicks off at 3 a.m., if you're really keen, 3 a.m. on June 7. That's Australian Eastern Standard Time. So set your alarm clocks or just wake up as you normally would and read all our stories about it on Tech Guide. Now, what we're going to see, of course, is that virtual keynote. And then we will hear about iOS 16 iPad OS 16, Mac OS, they're up to the 13th version. Mac OS normally gets a name that's uh, this year, I think it's Monterey, so it's normally named after a Californian landmark. So I'm sure there'll be uh, some, some candidates for that name. We'll also see Watch OS 9 and TV OS 16. But Worldwide Developers Conference isn't just about uh, software, which is why the developers there w- would be watching, of course. They want to see all the latest features and possibilities for all the software upgrades and changes. But there's also the chance of some hardware unveils as well, as we have seen in the past. We have seen many times where there has been uh, products that Apple has unveiled. They've taken the opportunity to unveil them at the Worldwide Developers Conference. Well, they've got our attention. Of course, they'd like to do that. Before we speculate on what that might be, Let's talk through some of the software updates. Now, with iOS 16, plenty of rumors about what it is going to involve. One of the biggest is a change to the interface and the status bar. So that's the bar at the very top of the screen, which has the time. There's also, for anyone with a recent iPhone, there's also a big notch there. But the big rumors are there will be changes to that interface because the rumor is that the iPhone 14 Pro lineup won't have a notch. Instead, they're going to have a hole punch 
for the camera. So the sensor and the cameras will be uh, a smaller hole punch at the top of the screen. And so that will give developers all this other real estate above where the notch would be. So in, in that area at the top of the screen, there's going to be some space left over. The other big rumor is that it will the new iOS 16 will have a new always-on display. Now, I know I can hear all you Android users uh, piping up already that that's been a feature on Android and Samsung phones for quite some time. But in Apple's case, the this new always-on display will allow you to interact with notifications and see the time and things like that while the phone is locked. So what it could involve is a new lock screen wallpaper that's able to display information as well. And obviously being always on, it's a it's a low power feature so that you're not draining your battery to, to maintain that feature. And of course there'd be the choice of not having always on display. So if you're not you don't want that to to be use any of your battery power, that will also be an option. The big buzz too is all around messages and the message the message app. And what they're saying it's gonna it's gonna involve a significant overhaul to give it more social network-like capabilities. So you'll be able to, people will be able to comment and do various things and, and rather than just being a thread like we normally see, there are features rumoured to be added to give it more of a, of a social network kind of feel. So what that will be, we'll have to wait for, for that to, uh, you know, a week to hear that. Now in iPad OS 16, and you've got to remember, this is an iOS that's very similar to the iOS, the iPhone's operating system. But you've got to remember that this is for a larger display. And so naturally, one of the improvements they're talking about is multitasking and running multiple windows at the same time. So, of course, because people use that as like their laptop replacement. So being able to multitask and do that, that would really help your productivity for sure. Now, in the in TV OS for Apple TV, there is a rumored to be a smart home dashboard that will give you control of all the products linked to your home kit. So it'll be a little bit more interactive, a little bit easier to manage, add, add devices, manage devices, all there on your TV uh, through Apple TV, thanks to the TV OS 16 update. For you Apple Watch users, you'll be you'll be liking this one. Uh, they're saying that Watch OS nine is likely to include a new power saving mode, which will significantly extend the battery life. And on top of that, there's talking about new health and ECG improvements as well. Now, what about the hardware? And one of the one of the more recent rumors is the appearance of a new redesigned MacBook Air that is powered by Apple's latest M2 silicon. Now, you've got to remember the MacBook Air was one of the very first M1 laptops that Apple produced. So naturally, it would make sense that the MacBook Air would be one of the first M2 laptops that Apple will introduce. And that's a possibility of making its first appearance at Worldwide Developers Conference 2022. And just like, do you remember the M1 iMacs, the 24-inch iMacs and all the different colours. They had a range of colours. There's rumours that it may also be offered in the same range of colours like the iMac. Now, one thing that we've also been talking about is the Mac Pro update. Not the iMac Pro, the Mac Pro. Now, don't know whether that will go ahead because they had Mac Studio uh, recently, 
But Mac Pro, I guess, could be like a more of a workhorse, a workhorse computer, whereas Studio is more a creative computer for editing, audio, video production. The Mac Pro could be more a, a, a workhorse in terms of processing power for various uh, applications for you know, science and industry and all those various things. So that could all, that could also be uh, announced at Worldwide Developers Conference as well. But the possibility, there's an outside possibility, we may see for the very first time Apple's long-rumoured AR-VR headset. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. The rumours just won't go away. So there's the possibility we may see this. And you, you think about this. This is an augmented reality, virtual reality headset that will give these developers the opportunity to create apps to use on an entirely different piece of hardware. And the rumours also say that the AR headset, the VR headset, will also have its own app store. So to me, it makes it's pretty logical to introduce a product of this kind at the Worldwide Developers Conference so to get developers excited to create apps for this potentially new bit of hardware. The Apple Worldwide Developers Conference, it'll be 3 a.m. June 7, Sydney time or Australian Eastern Standard Time. And uh, if you are keen, as I said, set the alarm clock or wait to read everything about it at techguide.com.au. We've also, you can also link to our reports with the uh, with some some mock-ups and, and, and other images of the hardware that we spoke about as well. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, don't we love our games? And I'm talking about video games, computer games. Call them what you like. Aussies are fans. In fact, in 2021, Australians spent almost $4 billion on games and consoles. Now, it also happens to coincide with COVID and lockdowns, and, and just like TV sales went up and streaming services had an improved, uh, improved uh, subscriptions, gaming also had a shot in the arm as well. Now, these figures, uh, this data was provided by the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association, that's IGEA, so it's pretty much official info. Now, it's interesting, though, that just last year alone, so 2021, mobile game sales made up more than $1.5 billion uh, in sales in Australia. And video game hardware sales also clocked up more than half a billion dollars on their own. Now, digital sales of games and subscriptions also took a leap. They totaled $1.41 billion in 2021, and retail sales for hardware, software, and peripherals stood at $1.07 billion in the same period. Now, I mentioned they can you put down this growth mainly due to the pandemic, which saw us spending more money on games and hardware and more time at home playing. So... That is an obvious result there. Spending on digital PC games also grew by 11% year on year. Now, here's a really interesting one as well. Despite the shortages on stock, I'm sure you, many of you listening right now desperate to get hold of the new PlayStation 5 or the new Xbox Series X and Series S 
have been frustrated that you cannot get your hands on one of the consoles. Well, would you believe that despite those shortages of those consoles, hardware in 2021 was the only video game category in Australia to experience year-on-year spending growth? And this was led, of course, by the demand for PS5, Xbox Series X and S. But the Nintendo Switch also had pretty healthy sales. In fact, the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console, according to units sold in the Australian market in 2021. So it really does prove we love our games, always have. Australians have always been very close, and, and a lot of people aren't aware that a lot of great developers are based here in Australia. So game developers are here right now, whether they're mobile developers or or console developers, there are a lot of them based right here in Australia. And in fact, a few months ago, we spoke about how the Australian government at the time, hopefully uh, the new government will keep this, but all these tax incentives and grants for developers as well, to help boost the industry even further. It's quite healthy. We want to keep it that way, and hopefully those incentives will keep the ball rolling, but also, too, our love of games isn't going away. So there's plenty of us customers ready and willing and waiting for the latest games, the latest consoles. They, uh, that's why the, the industry is in such great shape. A lot of people are unaware that the gaming industry in Australia, We talk, everyone talks about box office and the movie industry, Gaming, the amount of money we spend on gaming, the industry is bigger than the box office, if you can believe. It is a huge industry here in Australia. And look, judging by these figures in 2021, the 2022 figures are also going to look quite healthy. If you want to see those figures up close and see the the little illustration from the Australian consumer video game sales, there's a really good snapshot, there's a little pie chart. You can see how we're spending our money. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Now, all of you other podcasters out there, or aspiring podcasters, or musicians, audio content creators, most of you, myself included, would have used the Rodecaster Pro. Now, this was released in 2018. In fact, I'm recording as we speak through the original Rodecaster Pro. So that was released for nearly four years ago. It was December 2018 from memory. And this really put in one place the way to incorporate all your inputs and and smart pads and all all these things that you normally had to to combine various products. It all put it in one place, made it really easy and and allowed you to focus on the actual podcast you're producing rather than all the hardware and all the technology behind it. So it really freed people up to create their podcasts. And there's it's no it's no uh, no coincidence that the podcasting has become even more popular and people listening to podcasts have, has increased immensely over the last few years because people are just now easily able to create their own content. And with this machine that I've been using since the get-go, since before that, that I had it ahead of time and have been using it ever since. And as I said, recording through it as I speak this minute, the Rodecaster Pro has been hugely popular. But now we have just seen the next generation. 
the Rodecaster Pro 2. And I've got to say, I've got it already. Not using it quite now. I'm still waiting on a firmware update. But I have to say, the improvements are huge. They've really listened to user feedback and really improved this unit out of sight. And, and remarkably, it's actually smaller than the the current model. So the, the Rodecaster Pro 2 is, I think, about probably two-thirds the size of the initial Rodecaster Pro. I've written about Roadcaster Pro if you want to check it out on on my on Tech Guide. I have reviewed it and uh, mentioned it several times, but Roadcaster Pro Two has really gone to the next level. In fact, it is it is being designed in a way so that it's of appeal equally appealing to not just podcasters but musicians and studio professionals and other people who want to create this this high-quality audio, whether they're using their voice or a musical instrument. So Rode has been really conscious of being able to include all the all these different types of users to this product. I think they've done a great job with that. Starting with the microphone inputs, they now can handle a microphone but they can also now include a quarter-inch plug for like a guitar or a, a, a piano or a, a, a synthesizer, whatever instrument you happen to be connecting, they are also there as well. Now, there are less faders. like the, there, there is four inputs for microphones still. Uh, there are, and there are, on the old model, there was a, a dedicated phone fader, Bluetooth, a fader for the smart pads and also a fader for a connected USB device. So what Rode has done this time, there are still nine inputs. Three of them are virtual or customizable. So you can adapt to how you're using the unit. So as as we as it stands now, if you aren't using some of these inputs, they're just there. They're just taking up room. But what Rode has done now is given you the ability to designate different inputs and, and say, right, I want this one to be for my phone. I want this one to be for the computer. So you're not locked into having these set inputs. So it really does give you a little bit more flexibility. So three, six broadcast physical faders and three virtual faders. Still eight smart pads and you can now use them more for just playing music or stings. You can also do things like triggering voice effects or send commands to external software and hardware. They've also got their own dedicated keys so that you can navigate from bank to bank rather than having to do that through the touchscreen. Speaking of the touchscreen, it does have a larger high-definition screen as well, so you can see a lot more while freeing up space for other things. So the physical buttons under the smart pads is a great example where that used to only be able to be controlled through the screen, but now with its own physical buttons, you're able to see things like the recording time and other information while still having full control of the smart pads that are now that are now not controllable through the through the screen only. Uh, so this, and look, they're just the features on the surface. You've got to remember that the audio quality has also taken a leap. There are high gain revolution preamps now delivering this amazing audio quality. Quad core audio engine, so more processing power than ever before. You can connect it to the internet now wirelessly or with an ethernet cable. They've got studio quality Aphex audio processing for that superior sound quality. 
those onboard effects that I mentioned, so reverb, echo, pitch shifting, all of them accessible through the smart pads. Uh, they've also, you've also got, they, I also mentioned the customizable channels as well. Advanced Bluetooth connectivity also. Uh, dual USB-C interfaces, so you can connect two computers or mobile devices. Uh, you've also got studio-grade Nutric Combo input, so your microphone and instrument audio quality is second to none. And that 5.5-inch high-definition screen, which also includes haptic feedback, uh, allows you to easily navigate and control the unit as well. And all made, would you believe, right here in Sydney, Australia, at Rhodes State-of-the-Art Headquarters out there in Silverwater. So a proud Aussie company with this proud new product that uh, I think that everyone will be really excited about. It's, gonna, it's already available for pre-order. It's not shipping until late June. Uh, the other, it's also going to have a range of accessories as well for from the launch as well, uh, including a cover. You can also have a Visa mount as well. Yeah, there's also a carry bag, coloured cables. You can also actually there is there is a a thread on the bottom, so you can actually mount the Rodecaster Pro Two on a, on a stand as well. So if that makes it easy for you to produce, you've got that option also. The Roadcaster Pro 2, available in late June. Pre-order it now. It's going to be priced at $1,199. But what a leap forward from Road, a great Aussie company. Can't wait for you to be hearing the Tech Guide podcast in the near future through the brand new Roadcaster Pro 2. If you want to take a look at that and t- say, see all the pictures, check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details, and if discovered, we will notify you. The Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN, and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. With real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental control to help manage your kids' online time, and school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate, store, and manage your passwords and other credentials more securely, safe camp for PC, and SMS security too. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, smartphones, or tablets is available online at aunorton.com or an electrical retailer. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the products this week is LG's new range of Cinebeam projectors. Now, yes, we know LG produces some of the best TVs you can buy, including their amazing OLED TVs and also their mini LED nano cell TVs as well. But the they have also entered the projector game with this 2022 range of projectors. And the, this range includes both 4K laser and ultra short throw models to give you the ability to create these amazing cinema-like conditions in your own home. There are a total of six models in the lineup. Two of them 
uh, being their ultra-short throw projectors. And they can beam images up to 150 inches in size. And when, when you've got a projector, you need to make it. You need, it's go big or go home time. That's why you've got a projector, because you're not going to project a, a, a not, an 85-inch image. You're going to go big. You're going to go 100-inch to 120-inch, up to 150 inches in this case. The LG UST Ultra th- Short Throw models include auto brightness technology and would you believe they can create from just 21.7 centimeters from the wall so that's that's ultra short distance it can create from that short distance a 100 inch image and we're talking 4k here so that is uh, pretty impressive so 100 inch image from that close so basically how you would use a short throw projector would be to place it on the entertainment unit, you would normally place your television. Now, what you would need, of course, is either a dedicated screen or some space on the wall for you to be able to project that that stunning 100-inch image. The ultra-short throw projectors have 3,700 ANSI-lumens brightness, and that's thanks to that bright laser light source. So rich images, deep blacks, and uh, so the, the resulting image is uh, really something you really need to see to believe. But it's not just about picture. On the audio side, the ultra-short throw projectors have built-in quad woofers and 2.2-channel stereo, and you can even connect one or two Bluetooth speakers as rear speakers on top of that to improve your audio experience as well. The 4K laser projector models have 4K resolution. That's 3840 by 2160. And they also have a choice of source, light source option. So there is a laser LED hybrid. And then there's a four-channel LED, which can offer up to 2,700 ANSI lumens of brightness. Now, you've got to remember, these are the sorts of products that you would use in a dedicated space or somewhere where you can, you can even in bright rooms, it'll still work okay, thanks to that really high ANSI lumens, but they're ideal for home cinema projectors. So if you've got a room that you can dedicate, make it dark whenever you want to, that's the ideal scenario for these, although they will work in more like an open plan area. But if you really want to get the most out of them, it would help to have them in a room that you can make dark you know, with curtains or blinds. So uh, that that would be my choice. The new cinema beam projectors do, do, though, if you are using them in an open space, they have a brightness optimizer. So we can actually look at the ambient light in the room and adjust the brightness, while it also has a, a, a feature called dynamic tone mapping. And what that does, it analyzes and tunes frame by frame the image, and it also supports HDR, high dynamic range performance as well. So whether you uh, has a, have a bit of ambient light, or whatever quality you're, you're starting with in your content, the result is going to be pretty high quality thanks to those features. These are pretty impressive projectors. I think if you're a movie lover, the other thing that you can include too, and this is a feature on their the LG's TVs as well, uh, where that feature is filmmaker mode. So what filmmaker mode does, it turns off motion smoothing to preserve that cinematic film-like appearance, which is just how the, the director would have intended it. So 
a lot of people may not may not notice it, but motion smoothing tends to it, it's kind of like Photoshop for film, where it sort of smooths out things. Any little imperfection, it could it smooths out, so that you're getting this sort of more slick appearance rather than the in camera cinema like film like appearance, which people will like if, if you're a purist. People want that real appearance as if how they want you to view it as the director intended you to view it. Uh, a, a lot of people complain that the motion smoothing turns, it, it makes it a bit more cartoonish some areas. So the smoothing is so severe that it looks like an animation rather than real the real thing. The other good thing too about these projectors is you can also, they are smart devices as well. So you can connect all, and enjoy all your streaming services through the Cinebeam projector range too, including Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus and YouTube and Apple TV. Uh, pricing, starting from $1,299 for the simple the 4K Cinebeam projectors all the way up to $5,999 for the top of the line ultra short throw projectors so plenty of choice there plenty of room in your budget that's there's six of them on tech guide you'll also find all of the specifications of the projector range as well uh, including yeah you know, the screen maximum screen size throw distance uh, zoom capabilities and all of those into the whether it's got integrated speakers and all of the the number of inputs and all of that that vital information and also the stockers so where you can buy them as well the 2022 LG projector range, quite impressive, I've got to say. If you want to check them out a little closely, take a look at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're chatting about smartphones, and in particular, Motorola. Hello, Moto. I'm sure you've heard that over the years. Do you remember when... The Moto Razor was the red-hot phone to own. And we're talking pre-BlackBerry, pre-iPhone. This was the really thin flip phone. You were, you know, you were pretty uh, special if you owned one of those. It made a bit of a statement that you were up with the latest tech and it was, you, it was pretty slick. A lot of people had them. Well, Motorola, uh, they, they have changed hands in terms of being owned by various companies. They, they were once owned by Google. I think they're now owned by Lenovo. But they're still around making smartphones, and their latest range offers a choice for users of uh, with a range of budgets. So whether you want to spend under three hundred or up to seven hundred, the new range of models will suit you. And they they include the Motorola Edge thirty, the Moto E thirty two, and the Moto G eighty two five G. Now, the Moto Edge 30, that's 699 bucks. That is 6.79 millimetres thin. It's wafer thin. One of the thinnest 5G phones on the market, as a matter of fact. It has a 6.5-inch OLED display and also has Dolby Atmos on board. So if you love enjoying your content, this can create this multi-dimensional audio. It's really cool. The main 50-megapixel camera has features for focusing and stabilization, so you want a you want a nice, sharp, clear photo, and it also takes into into account the lighting conditions as well. And macro photography is a is a big thing now, and all of these new Motorola devices have macro vision. It's a macro vision sensor to capture objects as close as 2.5 centimeters away. I think that's a new art form, macro photography. 
must be something we check out. I'm into astrophotography, which is the total opposite of macro. This is shooting things really far away. But macro, macro photography, there are plenty of phones, including the iPhone. Apple had a, a recent macro competition, uh, macro photography competition, which we wrote about on Tech Guide recently. So it is a thing with your phone. So if you want to take shots of something up close, it's the new art form, and you can do that with the new Motorola devices. Now, on the front, here's the impressive thing. We know we love a selfie, and back years ago when selfies weren't as big as they are today, the front-facing camera was often a lot, the resolution was a lot lower than the main rear cameras. Well, take a look at this on the Edge 30. The front camera is 32 megapixels, so you can take selfies that you're going to love, and they also include HDR 10+, plus and have the option of face beauty. So you can actually smooth out skin tones and look look your best with your selfies. There's also, here's another cool feature, dual capture. So you can actually record through both the front and rear cameras at the same time. So you're getting two perspectives of the same thing. So you might be, I don't know, a birthday party, maybe your child's birthday party, and you can record from the front and your reactions uh, through the rear cameras and your reactions from the front camera and and all the people around you, a really, really good way of preserving memory. So capturing everything at the same time. Now, what's also impressive is this new Motorola device is also compatible with the latest Wi-Fi 6E network. Uh, So if you do happen to have a new 6E router at home, you're going to get a lot speedier performance on your wireless network. On the battery side, it's got a 40-20 milliamp hour battery, so you get all-day power and has turbo power 33 watt, and that gets you hours of added power just by charging for a few minutes. So if you're on the go and your battery's running a bit low, you're about to head out on the town, you can plug it in for a few minutes and boom, you've got a few more hours of usage. The Moto 30 is also running Android 12. Moto G82 5G, this is $499, so this is the mid-range one, 6.6-inch full HD AMOLED display, and has a really, the screen is, for for the price, is really impressive. It's got 120 hertz refresh rate, so it's AMOLED, full HD+, 120 hertz refresh rate, so videos, games, really smooth, really fluid. It also has night mode. So what that does, it turns down the blue light emissions to protect your eyes. So, you know, your eyes get tired. You get, it can affect your sleep if you're looking at a screen, a backlit screen. That blue light can really stuff up, stuff you up and, and, and affect your sleep quality. So having night mode, is uh, that's another feature on your side to help protect your eyes and help you get a good night's sleep. Audio-wise, again, Dolby Atmos multidimensional on board. Enhanced bass and vocals through here as well. Triple camera system. 50 megapixel, 8 megapixel, 2-in-1, and an ultra-wide and depth sensor and dedicated macro vision, so those close-up shots. It's got also optical image stabilisation, so really smooth, sharp images you get there. 5,000 milliamp hour battery on this one and turbo 30-watt charging, so long battery life but also fast recharging. That sounds pretty good to me. The uh, the more most affordable model in the range is the Moto E32, now, this is 229 bucks, and this is for your budget-conscious user who wants a decent device, wants a, wants a slick-looking device, sturdy. It's got a water-repellent design, 6.5-inch HD plus ultra-wide display. It's got a 20 by 9 
aspect ratio has an adaptive 90 hertz refresh rate. This is for a phone under 300 bucks. So it it adjusts based on what you're looking at. So if you're looking at a static display, a static web page, the refresh rate doesn't need to do anything. If you're looking at a, a video or YouTube video, whatever you happen to be watching, it's going to pump up the 90 hertz so that it looks a lot better. So it does adapt to exactly what you're doing. The Motorola E32 also has a 16 megapixel camera with fast focus and also has AI features so you can shoot like a pro. It does optimize images on the fly. Also has a 5,000 milliamp hour battery so you can easily power yourself well into the night and into the next day, as a matter of fact. The Motorola range are available now. The G82 5G goes on sale on June 16. So if you're in the market for an affordable device, there's some choices here from Motorola. Uh, this, is a, this is a part of the market that is really popular. Not everyone buys a flagship phone. Not everyone could afford a flagship phone. So not everyone has the latest Samsung, the latest iPhone, all these expensive devices. This is the busy part of the market at this end. That's why there are so many companies competing, not only Motorola, you got Oppo, TCL. Uh, there's there's uh, many, many other brands that want your business down this end of the market. So these are just some of the new devices available at this price range. The Motorola range, well worth a look. They look great too. There's pictures of them on Tech Guide if you want to check them out. Features are pretty impressive also for the price. But if you want to take a look at them up close, check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, I've got to say, I'm a fan of Logitech's keyboards and their mice. And I am I have them connected to my iMac here and they, uh, they've, the, the MX series have always been kind of the premium uh, keyboards that they've, they're offering and, and the mouse as well. Well, what Logitech has done now, they've actually launched two new mechanical keyboards. So they've got a full-size MX mechanical and the MX mechanical mini. So you do have a choice. So the, the difference between the mini and the maxi is the is the, the, the there's no uh, there's no number pad key number pad on the right hand side, so it makes it a bit more compact. But what they do have in common is the latest low profile mechanical switches. So here, the keys uh, offer a more tactile feel. So if you like a little bit more action and feel with your typing. This is becoming all the rage. A lot of gamers like these types of keyboards as well, but also others who feel a little bit nostalgic. They like the look and feel of this mechanical keyboard, but the other difference being, despite being mechanical, it's still rather quiet. So that I think that's one reason why people buy mechanical keyboards is because they're louder. So what I think Logitech's done here, they've kind of come halfway and said, right, you like the mechanical, maybe not so much the noise, because imagine having all these working around a lot of people with a mechanical keyboard. It'd be like a cacophony of keys sounding most of the day, and not everyone would enjoy that, myself included. So yes, you get the same tactile look and feel, but you do get the features you come to expect, including uh, smart backlighting. You can even change the color of the backlight. You've got a choice of six backlight colors. Uh, and there's also dual-colored key caps, so you can easily distinguish between the keys, even at an angle. So it's uh, it, it does help you in the process there. And it's also smart enough 
to switch off the backlight and conserve energy when the backlight when the sorry when the battery is getting low. But I mentioned earlier the 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 hushed the hushed tone. You don't have to have a loud keyboard, even though it's mechanical. This is still a quiet keyboard. So that that's I think a pretty good pretty good deal. But not only are they updating the keyboards, they've also got the new MX Master 3S mouse. Now this is ergonomically shaped. I use the MX Master uh, myself. I'm really keen to get hold of this new MX Master 3S mouse. It has a 8,000 DPI optical sensor and it can work on all surfaces, including glass. Glass used to be a mouse as kryptonite, but now not anymore. This will work on glass and will also support the faster workflow supported by high-resolution monitors as well. Also quieter, so the clicks are 90% quieter, as a matter of fact, with this one. So quieter keyboard. I'm not saying that these mechanical keyboards are silent, but it's not the clack, clack, clack you normally expect from other brands. They are pretty quiet, but also giving you that, that same tactile feel. I know, I know the customer for this... They want the feel. I don't think they always necessarily want the noise that goes with it. Now, back to the mouse. It also has mag speed electromagnetic wheel. So you can spin through a thousand lines in a second. And the side scroll wheel also gives you faster horizontal navigation as well. And they also, these new Logitech products come, they connect via Bluetooth using the Logibolt wireless technology. So you get a secure and reliable connection. Now, they're not going to go on sale until July, but the Logitech MX Mechanical and MX Mechanical Mini will be priced at $269.95 and $229.95, respectively. The Logitech MX Master 3S mouse will be $169.95, and as I said, won't be going on sale until July, which is next month. Coming up, this is the start of June, if you're listening to this, midweek. Next month will be July, and that's when you'll be able to get hold of the Logitech new mechanical keyboards and that new Master 3S mouse. If you want to take a closer look at these products, you know where to find them, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you every week by our good mates at Belkin. Uh, if you're after cables, power charger, earphones, MagSafe devices, the you can find them at belkin.com forward slash au. Now let's talk about Foxtel. Foxtel, uh, the IQ4 and IQ5, 
uh, the latest boxes, set-top boxes you can get. And I've heard from a lot of my readers and listeners who have older Foxtel boxes and are upgrading to the IQ4 and the IQ5 either to get better quality, like 4K, so they can watch movies and sport in 4K, or because their cable, the cable access to Foxtel will soon come to an end. So you will either have only the choice of getting your Foxtel service through your home broadband connection or via satellite. No, re- no problem if you're already getting it by satellite. The new boxes have the connection, so you can just simply screw, screw the connections in the back of the box and you're still going to get satellite, uh, satellite connection. But if you're coming from cable, you need to make the choice whether you want to go down the home broadband route or get a satellite dish installed on your roof. That's, what, that's the first thing you're facing. The second problem is that those customers coming from cable from with Foxtel also are used to getting their free-to-air channels rebroadcast through the cable network. Now, if you're moving from that service and whether you're going home broadband or satellite, the thing, the big change you'll find is that the new IQ4 and new IQ5 boxes won't be able to rebroadcast your current, the current free-to-air channels. So you will need to connect your external aerial to the box. Now, this has been a problem for my parents included. My parents thought their aerial was working, but it wasn't. They had to get their aerial repaired because they were watching all of their free-to-air through their old cable connection. Now they've got the IQ4 working through their home broadband connection. They needed to have the aerial connection in the back of the box. The box then connects with HDMI to the TV and brings through all of the signals for them as well. So Foxtel through broadband and their home, their free-to-air channels through their aerial connection so if you're one of these people going from an older cable box to the iq4 the iq5 just be sure you've got an aerial a lot a lot of people have either neglected their aerial or not even bothered to get one knowing that they can get it all through the foxtel box well they're in for a bit of a shock because the new iq4 and iq5 once cable's disconnected and you're getting it through broadband or satellite you do have to sort of catch and kill your own when it comes to bringing in your free to air signal which includes from your aerial so you may need to either improve your aerial replace your aerial get an aerial you might not have had one so that's just one of the things to consider if you are going to move up to the iq4 and iq5 foxtel boxes because you want the better experience you want 4k movies 4k sport all this stuff but you also want your free-to-air tv as well so that's something to keep in mind I think I hear the full-time siren in the background. That is our show for this week. If you need to find out any more, you can find everything we've spoken about on the show at techguide.com.au. And please feel free to get in touch with us either via email, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon, and that'll give you a form, which will end up being an email in my inbox. You can find that on the right-hand side of the homepage, the Ask Stephen icon. We want to give a special shout-out, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. 
So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be right back. 